Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to Not Without My Sister. I'm Rosemary McCabe and I'm joined by... Silence. By Beatrice McCabe. Come on, Thanks. Beatrice, we, how long have we been doing this? Can you not just play ball with the intro once? Rosemary, sometimes you just, you give my name and then sometimes you do this very pregnant pause for no reason. I know. And when I give your name, you go, oh, are you going to let me talk? And when I stop to let just you talk, sounds, you just go. It just sounds stupid. <laughs> okay. If I'm on the radio, I'm Ray Darcy and I'm joined here by Shona McGregor. Okay, not, and I'm joined by... Isn't that, wasn't Shona McGregor the one in, was it in the Mandy who had the dog, who had the sheepdog? Do you remember Shona McGregor and her Mandy? dog? Was it not? Was Bunty. It not? Yeah, yeah, it was. Was it yeah. Bunty? What? It was, wasn't it? No, it was Twinkle. Oh. Listen. Yeah, Twinkle. Potato, Shona potato. Shona McGregor lived on the Scottish Highlands with her dog, Sam. Oh my God, speaking of Scottish Highlands, I just read the worst smutty book. Let me find the name of it about a Scottish mafia, a daughter in the Scottish mafia who ran away to escape an arranged marriage and her dad's enforcer came to find her. And well, Beatrice, you can imagine what happened next. Uh, Dark escapes. But could you give us a bit of a Scottish accent there? Because I feel like I might have to burst into it if you don't and you know what that's going to end up like. I think you should do it. People want to hear your accents. No, go on. Okay, let me me see if I can read the synopsis. Uh, Alec and Esther. She's on the run. He's bringing her home. She's not going down without a fight. I, I know I went Northern Irish then in the end. <laughs> you did not. You did not. Do not insult Northern Irish people. You did. That was brilliant. Good job. You watched so much Outlander. How do you I know? I haven't watched it in ages. I was actually trying to channel him. I was like, oh my God, what would they sound like in Outlander?
anyway, Dark Escapes, I gave it, I think I gave it one star on, on Goodreads, so I would not recommend, but just reminded me of it with the Scottish reference there. I feel like that's mean going in and giving writers negative reviews. Like, I just think if you've nothing nice to say, say nothing, unless oh. you have been burned or injured by whatever it is that you have purchased. That's actually a good point. And I did think at the end, I did think, oh, that's really mean. Like this person wrote this book and like I obviously know how hard it is to write a book and they got yes, it written. you of all people. I know, listen, that's what I'm saying. And I did feel bad about it. But when you come to the end of the Kindle and it pops up and says, how many stars would you give this? I'm telling you now, Beatrice, it has literally never occurred to me not to rate a book. It's never occurred to me that I had a choice. I was always like, I have to, I have to give it a start. Like, honestly, I've just... Like a little robot, I've just gone through and started. I know you it's live weird. In the Matrix, Rosemary, you love living in the Matrix. <sighs> I'm surprised you so even know what the topic. Matrix is. Oh, no, hang oh, on, oh, hang on, hang on. Before we get started, now we have two voice notes from listeners, and and I'd like to play them for you. From several weeks ago, we talked about animals and like experiences we've had with animals that were bad, basically, or like calamitous. And two people sent us in their experiences. So I'd like to play them for you now. I'm laughing at your friend who had a bat in their house. We have an entire maternity unit of bats that uh, nest in our house every year and there's nothing we can do about it. The first night I discovered them I had to go out in the middle of the night because uh, the pony was kicking off about something and I went out to see what was all the fuss and what was it uh, being upset by and thought it was birds that were flying around. When I realised it was bats, oh my God, I nearly passed out peacefully. I had to do a (laughs) drop and roll back into the house. And since then, we have to keep all the windows on one side of the house closed all summer long. We've had countless, countless bats in the house since. It is always a drama. I'm terrified of them. And there is nothing we can do about them. So yeah, I haven't been attacked yet by one, but I feel like I feel like it's an attack on my home because all summer I'm terrified to go on one side of the house. Um and I know, you know, they mean no harm and when they come in it's by accident, but oh my god, it's awful. It's actually awful and there is nothing we can do. So, yeah, the kids just laugh now, like, you know, if there's a bat in the house, I go absolutely ballistic. I'm hiding under a blanket, begging the kids to get the bat out, afraid to open the door to let the bat out in case more of them come in. It's just horrendous. I am not team bat, not in the least. But, yeah, there are so many bat stories I could tell, I feel like. I'm a bat lady and this term batshit crazy. Oh, I totally get it. I totally get it. God bless. I have to say that was a great voice note. The horse was kicking off, drop and roll. Uh, what was it? Under the covers. Like, it was all was happening. Great. H- hiding under the covers, instructing the kids. I'd love to know. I really hope the kids are like two and three. And she's like, get the bat. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean... You know, I'd like, I'd like, if anybody's listening is a bat expert, like, how do you get rid of bats? Because, like, we had desperate trouble getting that bat out of just that one bat from under the, the front door, whatever it's called. Like, what's it called? Under the eaves, was that it? No, it wasn't even. It was just under the door, under the doorway, like, um, on the porch. 
And it was like we had put up wire netting, wire mesh. We put up mothballs. They put because like you can't, you know, they're protected certainly in America, so yeah. you can't be putting up anything illegal, um, like anything dangerous or or toxic. Yeah, you can't poison them or you can't trap them or Is yeah. There anything that a bat loves now, like what do you put a bit? bowl of blood over in the corner. Do bats actually like blood? No, I mean, I am not. No, that's no, I only vampire bats, I, know. I think. I'm not surprised now. They're, they're like, they have a bad rap for, you know, being creepy. Yeah, but I think it's because they're like little, I mean, people don't like mice or rats, right? Bats are like little mice that only come out at night and have wings. So I think it's kind of, it takes mice to a slightly creepy place. Pointed, sharp wings. And the fact that they hang upside down, like it's unnatural. <laughs> My favorite part about that voice note, though, is how I think she says about seven times, there's nothing we can do about them. <laughs> she just sounds so traumatized that it's like, nothing we can do. I shouldn't be laughing. That's desperate now. The windows on one side closed. That's a horror. That's a horror movie now in the making. Waiting to be. I, well, listen. Yeah. You thought that one was bad. Okay. Oh. Here's voice note number two. Hey, yeah. Uh, so my story is that when I was in sixth class of primary school, um, we had like school rehearsal for our um Christmas nativity play and in the break time of it my parents and my sister took me out for lunch whatever and my sister went to the bathroom and my dad I think went up to pay and then a dog came into the restaurant and um, I was like oh my god what a sweet dog and people were like oh my god this dog is so sweet and I was like oh my god yay love dogs I went down to it and it just jumped straight up into my face, latched onto my lip, like split the lip straight through. And I was like, what on earth? I was wearing, I remember a white shirt because I was playing one of the kings in the nativity play. And my sister just came back from the bathroom. My dad came back from paying and was like, what the fuck just happened? Um, Sorry for swearing. Um, And we were like, oh my God, oh my God. But then the best part of the story is... um. Because I got blood all over my white shirt, I had to um, wear my primary school's teacher's um, shirt that he had. He had like a t-shirt underneath it and he gave it to me to wear and I had a massive crush on him and God, I was weak for myself. Like, it was it was great. But uh, yeah, that dog in a restaurant was mad. Like, why is the dog in the restaurant? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, why? You know what? The, the, the worst part of this story is, she gets savaged by this dog over her lunch break and then just goes back to school. But you know what? That story is triggering now in so many ways. Number one, because last week Bo came back from a friend of Don's house, having been headbutted in the head, in the face, in the lip, bust lip. Also, actually, what happened was he came back himself and Don went to the doctor down in Indy, and he came back and they dropped into one of Don's friends, and he came back with a box of lego in his hand so i was raging reared up like it's two weeks to christmas okay it's eight weeks to christmas right and it's like oh i got busted in the lip by a pit bull and i was like what the hell <gasps> yeah so the dog basically jumped up very enthusiastically and busted oh, in the and lip, just him. like that right but then oh. it's triggering in so many other ways even she's like i was one of the wise men why why i was never the beauteous maiden i was always like is there a large tree trunk beatrice can be that and then <laughs> fast forward to, and then I was putting on my teacher, my favorite teacher had a crush. No, I was starring in the school musical as like the main, you know, love interest, right? So so tables had turned, I finally in my in secondary school, but none of the clothes that anybody had fit me. And clearly there was no wardrobe mistress. So my 
teacher very kindly lent me her day-to-day wardrobe. So I was rocking around trying to look sexy in my teacher's everyday clothing. I think about this now, like, why could nobody go into town and buy me an outfit, mom? I was just thinking that, but also your teacher was probably like 25, right? It was probably fine at the time. I mean, she she wasn't 25 now, it was Miss Pierce. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, she's probably 35, quite honestly, right? But that's not the point. Like these were everyday casual, normal clothes. No, 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 sorry, of course not, of course not. And and you didn't have a crush on her. You weren't wearing them and inhaling her perfume. No, I, no, at all. I was, I mean, I did have now an intellectual (laughs) crush on her. She was very smart and I definitely like loved and admired her, but I wanted to be wearing all those clothes that you were wearing, the low crotch jeans. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to the episode. That's actually, though, that's also embarrassing, though. But like, listen, I'd like to say to that last voice notey, it could have been worse. And you know how it could have been worse? Not that it's a zero-sum game, as Rosemary likes to say, and it's not about comparisons. But rather than being hit in the face by a dog, you could have eaten a turd brownie. So enough said. <laughs> She got bitten. She got bitten on the lip by oh, the dog, bitten. to be clear. Yeah, it bit her lip. Oh, I wasn't obviously clearly I missed oh, that part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think she's saying it like grabbed onto her lip. Well, that is but terrifying. Yeah, sorry. Terrifying. <laughs> sorry. Listen, I would rather be bitten on the lip by 10 dogs than eat anybody else's turd in a brownie. So. <laughs> Me too, when you put it like that. So <laughs> gross. It's so absolutely disgusting. And that's an excellent segue because today we're going to talk about mistakes we've made. Oh, uh, and Beatrice, eating that brownie was an early mistake you made, although you didn't even realize it at the time. No, I would say that was a mistake mom made. But well, also, you ate it. But also, it speaks to mom's absolute lack of sense of smell. How could you sit beside a oh. child at the same table and have them bite into a turd and not go, something <laughs> smells amiss here? But how did you not think? This tastes weird. I clearly did, didn't I? Scream. I don't think I ate the whole brownie. Did you scream? Listen, we'll we don't have, to get have the, the details. I mean, listen, we're never we're never gonna get the details. Mom's probably gonna be like, I don't remember Ma- that. No, mom be like, she ate the whole thing and then she said she didn't feel well. <laughs> probably is what happened. <laughs> she ate the whole thing and then she refused to walk home, so she lay down in the middle of the road and I couldn't carry her. Oh god. That's her other favourite story. <sighs> but I was thinking about this because I was telling a friend yesterday about an early mistake I made when I was 25 probably so in the early days of Twitter when people just used Twitter now known as X as like just like you'd you'd go on you'd go what you know what's everyone up to today and there were only about 150 or 200 or that's what it felt like people in Ireland on Twitter so you would talk to them all and you would know who everybody was and it was just very conversational and this woman who I had met I think once at a work event and she was a friend of a friend of mine they worked together but I didn't really know her well so that's just to say like I had met her before And I think I, in my head, I had a kind of a parasocial thing going on where I thought we were friends, but we weren't. And she tweeted one day, "Um, why can't I think of anything clever to tweet? And I responded, low IQ, question mark. Because I just thought it was, but I thought it was like bitchy and funny. That's what I'd say to you. You know what I mean? What does parasocial mean? Oh, like when you have a parasocial connection to somebody, it's like you think you're friends because you follow them online. So people have like a parasocial relationship with influencers. Okay. Where they think that they're like besties, even though the influencers never met them and they actually don't really know anything about them. They just okay. know what they see online. Okay. Um, but yeah, and I have to say she was, well, I heard from my friend then that she was absolutely raging. And then I heard from life that she was absolutely raging because she like very actively and obviously hated me for approximately 10 years after that and she probably still hates me in fact but has grown old enough to be gracious about it and not make it so obvious 
But I mean, that was my fault. So clearly, sh- well, that's kind of interesting. Actually, it's very embarrassing. I mean, when you think you're being funny, but well, did it did it teach you anything? Uh, probably not at the time because I do think I went on to say several like snarky and like things that were taken badly by other people on Twitter after that. I don't think that was the last time I said something stupid on Twitter that I thought was funny and somebody else took offense at. But in hindsight now, like 10 years later, I've gone, okay, that's actually not funny. And like slagging people off who you don't know well is often not funny. And even sometimes slagging people off who you do know well is not funny. Oh, I'd say it's you know, funny, you think but it's, funny. it's about the context and, of course and you making did. sure that they understand you are joking, right? So when I when I slag somebody over, say something sarcastic, everybody understands immediately that it's a joke. <laughs> Except my because poor husband who never knows because you're laughing yourself. my raucous laughter, yeah. I mean, for God's sake, I think that would more teach you, although clearly I think the lesson here is that Rosemary needs 10 lessons to learn a lesson. I would say that... Um, Online is very much like texting. It can be totally misconstrued, right? Because you can't hear tone yes. or anything. Yeah, this is why I'm always telling you to put in emojis. I, I did put them in for a while and they were really annoying you and I don't know why. Because you were putting in really weird passive... Maybe it's because they seem passive aggressive coming from you. They weren't passive aggressive. They were just whatever the first emoji that came there to There was my- random emojis. You, yeah, it was really annoying. Like, therefore, the, by, by virtue of having an emoji attached to it, you were supposed to infer this is lighthearted and joking yeah but then i just felt like you were getting annoyed but trying to use an emoji to pretend you weren't annoyed okay well i'm I sorry felt like they were pretending emojis i know i know that was in that, that was in my head so i'm not responsible for how you feel oh please right the, you going to therapy was the worst thing that ever happened to me or the best the best i'm so in no. touch with my the best thing that ever happened to you but the worst thing that ever happened i'm so me. in touch with my feelings now it's amazing i'm such an empathic person now it's incredible i am empathic ish <laughs> i am That's empathic true. Yeah, you are, you are, you are. Listen, you are. I'm going to get I am empathic. <laughs> <laughs> I am empathic, red face, angry emoji. <laughs> In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, It's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. 
Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Um, okay, so, I mean, I would like to say, I think most of the stupid things that have happened to me ever I have, or that I regret, I mean, I don't like to have regrets. I learn from my mistakes and I move on. This isn't a, yeah, this isn't about regrets. This is about mistakes. You said regrets. So what's stupid? You said mistakes. No, I I said mistakes. In my text, you said the word regret twice earlier on. Okay, but like, what I mean is like mistakes I wish I hadn't made. Like mistakes are things that you go, that was stupid. I wish I hadn't, I'm going to look up the meaning of the word regret. I wish I hadn't done that. That's not, but it's not about regrets. No, but but what I'm saying is like, if you acknowledge that you made a mistake, you're not looking back and going, I'm glad I'm glad I made that mistake. But my point is, I have no action that I've ever made would I regret. I'm just like, I did it. C'est la vie, as mom says. You made that choice. Okay. So let's say, have do you have any actions that you've ever done that you can admit now were the wrong actions to take? That would change the course of my life, Rosemary. A butterfly's no. wing, etc. No, no, I'm, no I'm, I'm not asking, would you change them? Oh. I'm asking, can you accept now that you were in the wrong at that moment? The moment of the action. I knew this was going to be difficult for you. I was in the car and I was like, I bet Beatrice cannot admit a single mistake she's ever made. No, honestly, anything I can think of, I'm like, I've already told these embarrassing stories already here. Like, like I would not have flirted with a guy at the window on the construction site elevator and gone out with him and discovered, like, even though we did not have any language in common and then be stalked by him around the camp. I would not have dated somebody in my workplace through the window like without at least getting to know this individual do you know what I mean I flirted through the window through into the courtyard okay but that wasn't actually a mistake you made because any like rational person if they got asked out by somebody who's good looking who's a builder who's working on their like outside their window and you were single you would say yes that was his mistake you no, know no, I mean? being a psycho. no I would not have gone out with somebody at work again I would not because it so was you think so you made a mistake dating somebody yeah. who was like work adjacent yeah, because it didn't like because it went horribly wrong it was so mortifying and stressful coming into work you know in case he was there okay, in case but, he was gonna make a run at me whatever that was worrying so but see, yeah but see like most a- of this mistake is now because of his behavior because if everything had gone really well like what i'm looking for beatrice is when have you behaved badly badly yeah but like i shouldn't have dated somebody at work that was number one okay because like even if it had gone well okay. like 99 percent of my relationships before i got married broke up Right. So like, well, 100 percent of your relationships before you got married broke up. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. 99% of my relationships, (laughs) with the exception of my one marriage, broke up. Right. So like the likelihood of us breaking up was high, even though every time I was like, he's the one. (laughs) You know what? I was just listening to an episode of the Birds Papayas podcast and she was interviewing Katie Maloney from Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Rules is coming back in January. So get ready for me to start talking about it again. But anyway, have you interviewing Katie Maloney? I have stopped, actually. And Katie was talking about her divorce. And she was saying basically that um, people talk about relationships as if like, as if basically a relationship that didn't end in happy ever after is a failure, right? So she was talking about her previous relationships, the way you just said there, like, like all of your relationships ended, therefore they were like, they therefore they were mistakes as in like no, going badly. That's, sorry, that's, no, 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 no. We've already had you this. Said, you said badly. Yeah, but we've, you said badly. No, but we've already had, I said at work, but we've already had this conversation about how like a relationship is for the duration of itself, 
valuable in and of itself. We had this we had this conversation when we, when we were talking about your book, like that oh. people shouldn't say that wasn't a good relationship, like a two year relationship, a seven year relationship. That's part of your the story of your life, and like it is what it is, and you take from it good things, and you take from it bad things. Just because you have a ring mm-hmm. on your finger and you're married to somebody doesn't mean this is a good relationship and all the other ones weren't. We had that conversation, so I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Um, but speaking of sorry mistakes in relationships, I think not going to Australia with my ex-boyfriend when I like who I met in college, I think that was a mistake. Do you? But yeah, I do. But not that I would change it, like as we're talking about, you know, that it would change everything else in my life. And I'm perfectly happy, like very happy and very content with where I am now. So like, I'm not saying that I would go back and change it. But I think... I think it was the wrong decision for me at the time oh. because I think I think I did it because I was like oh I'm like in this job that I you know really love and, I, and I've really wanted to get this but it, it's kind of that whole thing that we say as well that like the job will go on without you and like when they got sick of me or like you know when, when I wasn't performing well or when you know I wasn't what they wanted that job ended whereas I could have had a whole different experience I guess that I didn't have because I stayed at home and I stayed living with mom and dad and Actually, if I had gone to Australia, I feel like that would have saved me a lot of hassle with all the other losers that I dated. But like, like I said, I wouldn't change where I am now. But I think like if I was my own daughter and I was making that decision, I think I would say, I think you're making a mistake. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if we move away from the world of dating, because I feel like most of my regrets are more about like, I wish I had more self-worth. I wish I had, you know, more of those kinds Mm. of things. They're probably more work related. Like I look back on my career now and I think, you know, I, I'm happy with where I am, et cetera, except that I'm unemployed, right? Which is never a great moment in anybody's life. But like, it's it's not unenjoyable. It hasn't been, it's been an enjoyable couple of months, although obviously peppered with a lot of stress around what's next, how do mm-hmm. you know, being in Fort Wayne is not ideal, looking for a job, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially because the more I talk to people, the more I realize that like, especially in the world of design and fashion or just anything product related, the move back to the move away from remote and to five days a week full time is really much more rapid than it is in a lot of other industries. Yeah. Like I, yeah. there are very few companies that are even now hiring hybrid, um, not even, you know, let, forget remote. Like it's, it's back in the office. I mean, and I don't disagree with that. I think it's really hard to be looking and talking about product when you have some people like it's all theoretical via screens yeah, et cetera. yeah just, I know what you, you mean because you can't even see color yeah. accurately and yeah. yeah it's just not ideal right so I get it and it makes sense but it's you know it's obviously harder for me um yeah I think more that like one of the things that I've been kind of thinking about recently is like a lot of the decisions that I made were very logical like they were very sound for me at the re- at the time like when I moved from high fashion to contemporary that's fine like to DVF you know, in mm-hmm. New York to Vince Camuto, that was a bit more mainstream. Then to Fossil, more mainstream, probably equally mainstream. And then to Vera Bradley, more mass, more mainstream. Like now, every time I made one of those moves, I could justify it because it was more of a learning experience. I want to have, yeah. I want to broaden my learning here. You know, I had more opportunities and I felt like the businesses were more robust and they are definitely, not that they're run by like more business people, but there's more of a focus on business, there's more talk about business. Mm-hmm. As a designer, it's harder to move into the business side of the of fashion when you're in high fashion because you're not even supposed to care about that stuff. You know, you're supposed to be yeah, yeah. like highly creative and you're just inspired by the look and the design and the beauty and you're not thinking about the money, right? Well, I think there's more delineation also between like, these are the business people and you are the creatives. And there's like a, mm-hmm. a protective yeah. bubble around that that I always appreciated, but at the same time made it hard. I think it's not wrong like to not be, you know, inundating 
creative people's minds with like, is this doing the right thing? Does this look like the the bestseller? Is this going to, you know, like the very kind of, the stuff that really kind of crowds your brain and takes away from the what ifs, you know? So, mm-hmm. but at the same time now where I am, it's very hard to move back upwards, which isn't necessarily like not even what not what I'm trying to do, but that there's very little consideration from anyone outside of the mass spectrum, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's a little bit different because my role is my my scope of, of like what I do is a little bit broader. So it's kind of more brand focused. And I think that there's application like I'm, you know, I'm speaking to people who are maybe more back in that contemporary world and they're open to, you know, considering. But I definitely as a designer, it's hard to once you like once you've moved away from high fashion, there's a great snobbishness around. Yeah. You know, whereas yeah. I moved to kind of say, like, I want to understand how to work with um, different price points. I want to understand how to engineer the same great product, but for a quarter of the price. I want to understand how to work with fabric. I want to understand how to work with, you know, big companies and how to source the product more efficiently, et cetera. And I think actually all those things are highly applicable and could really benefit a business at the higher end of the spectrum, but they're not really going to consider you, you know? Yeah. And I understand why as well. Like, it's not like there isn't a a plethora of talent everywhere, you know? So if they have to choose between somebody who's more mass and somebody who's more high end, even if you're saying, well, I've got loads of business savviness and that person maybe doesn't, but they're really, they have three great really high-end brands behind them like I understand why they would pick you know it's, it's not yeah. like it's not like I'm going it doesn't make sense but I think I didn't really think about these choices from the what if you lose your job perspective like it's not really how anybody yes, goes yeah. into stuff going what if I lose no, my job of course you not. Know? Um, or what if I move to Fort Wayne like and I had seven great years at Vera Bradley but definitely I feel like I have limited myself my my next step in some ways not in every way like mm-hmm. there are a lot of things I could do but um, that's definitely a regret. Maybe that I just didn't think about it a little bit more. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, speaking of high fashion, though, not to completely now move off this, have you seen the Balenciaga towel skirt? I certainly have. What the fuck? Why do you keep sabotaging the Christmas presents I have planned for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I got a text from Crocs yesterday to go, it's here, the collaboration you've all been waiting for, Crocs by McDonald's. And I immediately sent Beatrice a picture of these like hideous red Crocs with the golden arches. I mean, I say hideous, but obviously I love them. And um, Beatrice immediately writes back and goes, oh my God, why are you sabotaging your Christmas present? And I will admit, my little heart soared. I was like, oh no, don't return them, say I, nothing. And then you were like, lol, I'm joking. Well, I mean, I'd like to tell our listeners that you sent me a link. I love this necklace. And I immediately, that same day, went in and purchased one for you. And then... So, hang on. Are you saying when you sent me those Loughlin Randall boots yesterday, I shouldn't have immediately got on and bought them for you? That's great. Thanks a lot. I loved them. <laughs> you send me links all the yes, time. but that- I didn't buy them. My point is, I went, great. I didn't go on and buy the boots myself. I said, great, bought you a Christmas present. I didn't know you're such a, like, treat treat yourself all the time kind of person. You, sorry, you didn't know I was a no, treat I, yourself like, all the time I kind of person? like... Eight weeks away from Christmas, you were going to be saying, great, these are hints. It was at least 12 weeks. I'm going to I'm gonna look it up. My, Regardless, least 12 weeks, you shouldn't be sorry. randomly buying I mean, yourself jewelry. I mean, that is very judgmental. It is. You're Why always shouldn't telling you be me randomly you know, buying yourself you jewelry? You can't do any of the things I want to do with you because I've no money. I can't afford this, can't afford that, can't afford the other. Oh, just bought myself a duplicate of your birth, of your Christmas present. Just, you know, that is your Christmas present that you're now wearing. Anyway, 
The other thing that I would think... Not wearing it, I'll have you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're not wearing it. It's even worse. Um, the other thing that I think I regret, uh, I thought of it there a second ago, is what? This, sorry, you're, you're, I think all I wanted was for you to say, I made, I made this stupid mistake. I made a bad call. I just want you to admit to your faults, Beatrice, and you're not doing it. You're just saying regrets. Sorry, people know all the stupid things I've done. No, not stupid things you've done. All like, the mistakes I've made. Have you ever made a bad call? Mm. Have I ever made a bad call? Plenty of What times. about getting your lip pierced? Do you think that was a mistake? No. Oh, I thought you didn't like it in the end when you look at pictures of it now. What? I loved it. Oh. I think you I didn't thought, like it when you look at pictures now, clearly. No, I didn't like it on me. But actually, I've been tempted to get it done again only because I don't like the hole on my chin even more. No, thank you. I just saw a picture of Casey Holmes today with a nose ring and no... You know, everybody can do whatever they like, but it just seemed like, mm. although I am getting my ears pierced with you at some point, so maybe that's Yeah, the same and I thing. might get my uh, septum pierced while we're at it, and then you won't be able to say anything. Will you, Florence? When did you first notice this? Florence Pugh? I thought you meant Florence the Machine. Why would you think that? Because she's the cool Florence? I don't what? know. What? Florence Pugh's Actually, really I cool. I find Florence the Machine really annoying. Florence Pugh's very cool. Um... Anyway, sorry. What was what was the other regret you were going to say? That was a good one, and I forgot. Oh, oh, uh, oh! I know what it was. Actually, it's related to work again as well. Is that I actually regret? And it's something that I want to think about with my kids and how to approach it. Is like I think a lot about you know the limitations of the job or the career path that you pick. And even though you generally pick something that you're interested in, like I wanted to do fashion, like nobody could have talked me out of it. But now I'm like, I probably should have done marketing because I think I would have, I had no idea Mm. what marketing was, right? Like in terms of, I thought marketing was very dry and it's obviously changed a lot as well in 20 years with the advent of like digital marketing, et cetera, you know, and the internet and um, social media, et cetera. But never occurred to me like, most companies have a marketing department. Most companies have a mm. finance department. Very few companies have a fashion department. Now, I knew that. Like, I knew that Ireland certainly didn't have a big fashion industry. But I was like, well, there's a big fashion industry in other companies, countries. But even so, it's so small compared to... It's very niche, yeah, as the Americans Yeah, and not that say. that's, like, a bad thing. I like my job and I, you know, I enjoy my career, etc. But it's more that, like, you don't realize that you're narrowing your choices or your options and now I look at like some of the most exciting companies or things that are happening and I'm like I'd love to work there I'd love to be involved in that I'd love to be. and I can't be because mm. I work in fashion you know what I mean I was just thinking about that same thing yesterday because I was looking at job listings somewhere and I was going god my like the scope of things that I can do feels very narrow sometimes based on my qualifications yeah and I, I mean obviously when you're doing arts you're not thinking like I'm going to hone in on one specific thing but even journalism and my my career background, I kind of look at things and I go, God, there's actually not a lot that I would be qualified for. But maybe, and I just feel kind of restricted. But I think a lot of it is like, I think maybe there are families where if your parents are working finance, they talk to you about finance and they talk to you about like mm. what that could be, et cetera. But like our parents, I mean, I think we had a guidance counselor and I think she was good. And we had a career night once a year and they did their best to bring people in and talk about careers. But I don't think there was ever mm-hmm. really any robust conversation around like, these are all the different careers. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. Applications of these, it was more people yeah. talked about like what end job do you want to have versus what do you want to study because then you could do this, 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 and this. Or what are your like yeah. interests? Not just what job do you want, but like what do you get most excited by? You know. Yeah. And so I want to figure out like how to have those conversations with my kids. Although most recently I said to Nash like, oh Nash said, what did he say to me? He'd like to. He was thinking of being. I can't even remember. But he's like, I think I'll do this because then I'll get really long holidays. 
I mean, very practical, right? And yeah. I could also um, work with people I like. So I was like, okay, well, those are actually two pretty good considerations. But I mean, I said, should we talk a little bit about, you know, what kind of thing would you like to do? Because he's going into high school in a year. And I was like, what kind of um, classes would you like to pick? No, thanks, mom. I, I don't want to think about that right now. I'm like, okay. Which I well, expect is going to be nonstop the answer. Well, you know what? When he gets older, he's going to look back and he's going to think, that was a mistake. I should have talked more to mom about that. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to Not Without My Sister. You can get us on Patreon, patreon.com slash notwithoutmysister. Email us, notwithoutmysister.gmail.com or leave us a voice note. Let us know what your mistakes in your career, in your life, in your dating life, what mistakes have you made? And it doesn't have to be things that you would change. Just things that you look back and you go, you know what, that wasn't the right decision. I want to know. I'll tell you what, coming up on Thanksgiving, I remember the biggest mistake I made when I made that Thanksgiving pumpkin pie was I didn't cook the filling. So I would recommend <laughs> cooking the filling. That's what I would do differently now, next time. And actually, I would never make it because I don't even think pumpkin pie is nice. After I went to all that trouble, I just didn't like the taste of it at all. Wise words, Beatrice. Thanks for Wise words. Goodbye. Bye. Not Without My Sister is recorded in studio in Fort Wayne by Don Kirkland, who also wrote our theme tune, and the original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.